Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Testing, testing. Testicle, testicle. Hello, 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 hello. If I get really passionate, this will be my level, but hello. I feel like you would get louder than that if you were passionate. I don't it's know fine. how passionate I can get about white women, so let's see. <gasps> as Rose is, I'm not here. offended. Actually, I, I you know, Rose is white. That's oh my god! Um, uh, thank you, but I know that we're mad problematic. <laughs> there was this really funny TikTok I saw of this girl being like watching another girl be annoying, and she's like, "Oh man, I am a feminist, but like women, you make it so hard, hard. to like support each other." And I, in my mind, I was like, "White people, you make it so hard to support you." That's but how no, I feel. It's fine. It's okay. I love them though. We're really entertaining. Oh, sorry. Go. It's your podcast. <laughs> We're just going to talk about white women. We, we should are. have a podcast called White Women. White women. Dear White Women. Oh, Dear Jesus. White Women. Oh, oh my God. God. There's probably already a podcast that's already called Dear White Women out there. Would it be problematic or would we fix their problems? It depends. That's the slogan. <laughs> it depends okay. who you're asking. Because that's someone's true. watching just like that or not. Okay. With that, I guess we'll start. I don't even know what to call this little segment. It's fine. I guess we'll just start and figure it out. I think you should call it, and just like that, Broke Girl Therapy had an emergency podcast <laughs> with two of her friends. <laughs> it's like the longest title you've ever had. That is so long and like not like catchy, that. but we'll figure it out. Uh, Broke Girl Therapy in the city. It's hilarious. Okay. I am in the city, though. We have to do this every week. No, no, I'm no we say, have we to. We are doing this every week, you guys. This will be an, a, like a, a bonus episode yeah. every week as you know when it's like up. And but the, and but we also got recording right out. now. Yeah, we are. I guess I should start. Um, okay, go. Start, guys. Start. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, it's me, Stephanie Megan, your host of Broco Therapy. I guess the fuck what? We got Roseanne hey. McAleese and Jessica motherfucking Clark, bitch. It's me. And I'm we, back. Oh yeah, sorry, I just like interrupted you. Fine. It's fine. Anyways, so we are doing a bonus episode for Sex in the City's new show, and just like that. So every week when a new episode comes out, 
we'll be talking about it because we have a lot of opinions. And also a listener requested that I make a segment out of this. That is so cool. Love that for her. Shout out to that listener. And it's so on brand because I always refer to Sex in the City and it's just my life. I mean, I just have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Say no more. Okay. Say less. So, <laughs> so this, we're recording this episode on Monday, December 13th. Only the first two episodes have aired. Um, there's a new episode every Thursday. Um, so but, Okay, so I have questions about that. Because okay. HBO Max sometimes, like, they'll do, like, I don't know if you guys are watched Secret Life or Sex Lives of College I have. Girls. Okay, but, like, didn't you think it was weird they released three episodes and two, two. episodes? So, like, I don't know how they're going to release okay. the episodes. But, yes, I think it is two each. So two normally a week. do three, but I guess they do two a week. Okay, so we'll probably get two this Thursday then. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll find okay. out. We'll, and we'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. Next week, we'll do another, the, another one of these. So we'll, yeah. we'll have more information by then. But for now, we're just going to review the first two oh episodes God. of, and I hate the fucking name, and Just Like That. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's so it's, it's weird because I, that's not a Carrie catchphrase. Like when I think of Carrie's famous catchphrases, that's not the one that comes like, to mind. I mean, mind. she does say it, but yeah, it's not like, I don't think it's a worthy catchphrase to kind of like highlight. I think, you know how there's one opinion that I have, and I'm very strong about this opinion. A lot of people are trying to duplicate the blueprint of insecure i think they've seen that because if you notice insecure has a, a title just it's just very uh, sh- every season has like um that kind of catchy catchy has like three three lines mm-hmm. and then it's like you know like the fuck and then whatever it is so just like that you know it's just like that um it's just like that on the Sex oh, and the City thing. I do remember Friends used to do that with their titles. Yeah, too. Friends were like, "Oh, the episode where." Yeah, like it's kind of like a really yeah. funny trope that TV has been doing for a really long time. But like to your point, yeah, like I feel like Insecure is really like taking advantage. Uh, yeah, because I've when never noticed theme. it before then. That's why I reference Insecure. That was my first knowledge of it. But I wasn't a real big Friends girl. But I mean, like. I- <laughs> My dog loves that show. I put it on in the background. For I do her. like that show, but I'm not like a huge fan. Right. Yeah. But, but I yeah, watched it. Just I like mean, that. The title. Oh, I really don't care. Yeah. Don't Cause care it's, it's it. not like, I don't know. I feel like now I'm blanking, but I felt like I had a better time. I thought there should have been a better, <laughs> tighter, better, better title for this show because Carrie has so many of those phrases where it's like, you know, like what would she have? Used? I always think of it as like, which made me wonder, which is like a famous Carrie thing right. where it's like, do That's you need true. to be a sneakerhead to give head? Like, that <laughs> is like weird, you know what I mean? Like she would do yeah. like funny things like that. Like, are we all relationship less or less with relationships? Like mm, she always more. did like funny, right. funny like puns, puns. wordplay. Yeah. But it would bit. always be like, you know, and I wondered or, which made me wonder, you know that famous, right? You know, that Jesus famous. Me. I'm sorry. She's being rude. She's a fan of the show. She is a huge fan. But I also do have to think it's very important. Who are you? Like in the sense of like, you know how I think that I'm a Samantha, yeah, with like a Miranda rise, hundred percent. Okay. Mm, I'm none of those women. You don't sorry. identify with any of them. You don't no. identify with any of them. Did you like the show? Like, did you I did. love Sex and the City? I did. I didn't love it. I liked it. I watched it. Okay, but at the end of the day, it is four white women in New York, so there's right. only so much I can identify but with. The them. personality, traits. but the personality traits. 
None of them? I, I can see myself a part of me in each of them in Word. some way, shape, or form. But then I don't watch it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so Carrie. Or, um, and I don't yeah. really think that's big in the black community anyway. But um, this season, to me, was more striking, I guess, because it was more relevant to me. And I do, now that I'm talking about it, they probably did that because... Now, as a black woman, I can watch it and I can I, I think there's just more relevance to my life right mm-hmm. now than in the previous other seasons, if that makes sense. Because there's people that look like look you like being me. reflected it, in the yeah. show. Well, so slowly. if anything, I can identify most with the, the professor lady. Right. I mean, I was about to say, they've only introduced <laughs> two black ca- yeah, characters character. so far, but apparently this entire season. But I can see a part of me in Miranda. I can see a part mm. of me in Carrie. I think, I think we could all kind of, they did a really good job with like each of the characters because you could see a little bit of yourself at each one each one yeah. right exactly you know? so that's why that's why the show has been like so amazing because i think like you said like you're samantha but then like a uh, miranda rising or something yeah because, exactly like, you do, like for me it's like i'm a carrie but there is a bit of charlotte in me and mm-hmm. a little bit sometimes i could be a little bit of samantha back in the day maybe not as successfully but, but it was cute it was, but it was cute. cute it was there there was a moment yeah and so you know and there's a little bit of more it's just like i feel like there's a little bit of percentage of something but mm, I right think for me i just identify as carrie obviously because she's like a sex columnist and loved fashion and like i think that's kind of like why that's i definitely identify. Honest. yeah yeah you know it's also a really weird show in the sense that it was like not made for us and that it was like we were tea like preteens kind of like when the height of the show so it is really interesting to like watch it like in this stage in our lives and like really identifying it because like I had a conversation with my mom and my mom was like yeah any woman at that time at that age was like fuck that show like right. it's so well just because they felt like I, it was anti-feminist mm. and like it was like low-key weird and it's four white women in New York that seem like not to have to worry about money right. and like it, it seemed like so f- like Far. fantasy yeah. and, and, like, I, and that, that our age when it first came out we were on the same level playing field because we were so young and so it's almost like oh it's almost Kind of, kind of like watching a Disney princess or something like yeah, that. It, it was it, just, yeah. it was fantasy to us. It, exactly. But it now we're watching it, or if we, even if we watch those seasons now in our lives, I'm sure we may have different feelings about it when we're watching it at this age because now we're on a level playing field with them now at yeah. this age. Yeah, and like like you said, like I wouldn't ever, you know, I never thought that that was going to be my life and that's not what I wanted my life to be and so right. it was like fun to watch. Just right. to be like, exaggerated, exactly. exaggerated kind of fairy yeah. tale. Yeah. And like I, and that's why I like loved the show and especially like really loved it when I like, I wrote a sex column for a magazine, Frank 151, called The Tinder Tales and it wasn't until <laughs> someone that. in the comments was like, oh fuck, like this is very Carrie Bradshaw where I was like, wow, I've never actually I was like 25 when this happened. I was like, I've never actually watched that show like from start to finish. Like I've heard of it and like people would like cite it to me, but I was like, ah, I've never actually sat down and watched it. And that was like when HBO now, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember (laughs) that streaming service, (laughs) HBO now was a thing. And then I just like sat down and like watched the entire season. And now it's like, it is one of my favorite shows. I love that show. I'm definitely a diehard fan. I know all the like, you know, trivia and like shit like that, (laughs) but it's fantasy and it's fun to watch. It's not something I, like, think is uh, necessarily, quote-unquote, like, maybe healthy. Right. But, Mm. I mean, whatever. People watch. It's something to put on and not have to think, but also just kind of fantasize. It's it's fun. I like sparkly things. I think the old, the actual sex in the city is candy. Just like that, to me, is not candy. It's not. 
No, and I agree. I think that just like that, I feel like, okay, so I have a theory that I feel like more people would like the show if it wasn't Sex and the City. Like if it was just like, there isn't a show for women in that age range, right? Right. And I think that's really important to show like diversity in age, especially in the sense that like, we understand these are privileged white women, but like privileged white people acting badly has always done well on TV. I mean, White Lotus was successful. I didn't understand that show, but like people- See, and so it's like, that's not like, just sometimes there are shows you watch, even if you don't see yourself reflected in it, because you're like, this is entertainment. Yes. Like, I mean, I never like- I love The Wire, but like it was just because it was a I good show. I love Girls Club it, back in the day. Don't mean I'm a bad girl. Exactly. You're just like it's entertainment. <laughs> it's whatever. Is, yeah. So I always felt like, and just like that, seemed like Michael, who is the showrunner and creator of the show, was like trying to do a show about women in their sixties and fifties. Yes. And like what their lives look right. like. And having to combat or like interact with new age feminism mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He was HBO probably was like no, and he was like, well, what if I just reboot Sex and the City? And they're like, absolutely. Right. So it almost feels I don't know. It just like it's a brand new show. Yeah, Yeah. that's what my that's what I was telling um, Steph. I was just saying that it doesn't. If you watch it with the lens or the idea that you're going to get Sex and the City, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you go in with a fresh lens as this is a new... Because these are grown women. If these women were doing the same things in their 50s and 60s as they were doing in their 20s and 30s... We'd they'll be, be like, we've done this be, it, it, would be, it would be wrong. It wouldn't be true to nature. It wouldn't be true to their characters. And Because I think what they're trying to show is a story. Mm-hmm. And stories right. and people... Just stories just like people, they evolve. Yep. So they're not, Carrie's not going to be slinging puss... Yeah, well, all around might. New York. She might. She might now that she's she single. Might. But not like the way she was True. Right. before. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I think like I love Facts. it because I it really relates to like... Also, guys, I should have said this before. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> we haven't done Hello. any spoilers yet, but we're going to get into the spoilers later. But I really loved it because I feel like it's kind of like how I see Brokaw Therapy. Like at mm. first, it's really like, okay, we're, it's me just trying to get, navigate mm. through life and trying to find the love of my life. And then I do, but then... It doesn't mean the story ends there. It's yeah. all about the growth of the person because I think when we date and we, you know, go through all these different relationships, like we find out so many things about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think it's more so like, yeah, it's talking about dating and sex, but it's more so the journey of the characters, kind of like Brokaw Therapy with right. me and like you guys and stuff. It's a journey of all of us. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's why I love it. I mean, should we get into like what the show like what happened in the show yes okay so when i used to work at that horrific social club okay the wing (laughs) we had a member by the name of chelsea fairless who was so dope so tight and so amazing her and her best friend lauren run this amazing uh instagram account called it's so good it's every outfit s-a-t-c so every outfit on sex Sex in the city City. they have a book called we all should be miranda's it's a really funny book that actually like it, it changed my perspective on Sex and City where I was like, oh my God, wait, this is like a district. You could teach this. Right. Probably be a class at NYU, <laughs> but no, no, nowhere else. But so I kind of, I was following that account and I kind of like knew that Big was going to die. Like I, I mm. knew, I did. I just was so shocked that it like happened, happened immediately. The, mm. Right. Right. And then as a writer, I was like, oh, that makes sense because the way I see it is, We've only seen, Carrie's never really had big, 
right? Like he's, he's, right. they've, their, their happiness is a lot shorter amount of a time than it was their like dating and like right, struggle. Right. She was always chasing after him. They're exactly. Always back and forth. Do you, don't you think it was interesting how the lady at the funeral was like, isn't it, she said something along the lines. Oh, the Suzanne? Line, yeah, she, I love she, her she, she was like, isn't it crazy? Does then no one else remember the way, like yeah. how bad he treated her? Which is crazy because you remember how we know Suzanne. Suzanne is the one who had the husband that was like mad, verbally abusive to her. And like, mm. she, you know, she would always buy her the like cashmere sweaters. So I thought right. it was so funny that oh. Suzanne was like, I forgive you. And it was like, <laughs> because wait, what? I'm so confused. Like you're mad because your husband's on death. I don't know. Right, but like, right. yes, that and part that to me, that was me so up. interesting because it's so Again, it's about romanticizing things, how we romanticize. Um, and just because, I mean, he's dead, obviously, so you're going to remember the great things about him. True. Right. But it was just interesting how it kind of stirs up your feelings in a little way. It's like, oh, yeah, I do remember. He kind of he kind was whack. Was was he her. left her at the altar. Yeah. Yeah. He was okay. fucked up. I was never a big fan of Big. Who were you a fan of then? Aiden. Who did you? Oh, you were an Aiden girl. Well, okay, I, I I know that she didn't really love Aiden, but I think she needed to be with a guy like Aiden. But she's also addicted to the fun and the thrill and the chase. That's mm. why she ended up with someone like Big. I think my problem is I love I love the actor Chris North who plays Big. Yeah. So I'm always like, yeah. am I a big girl or am I just or do I just like Chris? You know what I mean? Like it's very weird. Were you like? But were you, like, you liked Big? I kind of I kind of was, but I didn't know if it was because of the amazing actor that I just like <laughs> yeah. admire and thought was a good actor. Well, they also try to narrate it for you to really fall in love with their relationship, their back and forth relationship. And I, but I think yeah. in real life, like in real life, outside of Sex in the City, you need someone who isn't going to fucking complicate things. Yeah, like, you need an Aiden. If Carrie was my friend, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, none of her friends were like that, which right. is funny. But then, are we not seeing? Uh, and the fact that none of her friends were like that, I think. You know, even when if someone's problematic, they're, but there's at the core of them, they're good. Mm -hmm. right. Sometimes we hang on to what's on at the core right. and then dismiss the BS that you know right. they portray. He's a great person, exactly. Just... And so it's kind of like trying to fit a circle in a triangle yeah. kind of situation. It's like you keep trying to, and the moment you actually get it to fit, he fit he dies. So yeah, <laughs> I, yeah and I think that was like really. Uh, so I how mean, do we how do we feel about him being dead? <laughs> As, like a fan, scene, as a fan, it breaks my heart. Yeah. First of all, uh, she had to be wearing those shoes. Like that was also <laughs> another like callback that right. like, because those are the shoes she wears she married, yeah. and he puts them on the Cinderella moment at right. the end of the movie. So I was right. like, oh, I hate that you did that to me. Right. Also, she should have called 911. She should have called 911. We all agree on Girl, that. She should have called. He was, his Jesus, eyes were fluttering. Somebody. His arm was moving. Right. Jonah Hill he posted it. Alive. I he agree. He was still alive. He was still alive. But I, I mean, but I was telling Steph also as I think it, it's real. Obviously, I was like, just call the ambulance. But yeah. I think when you're in sh that much shock, shock yeah. you're yeah. like, if I'm, what if I run and grab my phone and I miss his last moments? Yeah. So I think you're kind of in that space, conflicting, like just shock, just sh and you're just shock. in a state of shock and you're paralyzed in that yeah. moment. But the moment I would see him move, that would be the moment. Like I'm going to grab my. It's not like we're living in the 19. 80s like no. you ha you can grab yourself when you don't have to call in the landline no yeah. you know there's no cord there's that you no have to cord stretch right. through stretch the room <laughs> right yeah i will say though i'm more sad about samantha not being there than big dying yeah. yeah i just think i think it's 
so I I love I love our girl SJP. I love Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> However, I think the weird even commentating that they did about Samantha's character. And it's mm-hmm. like, will she ever forgive me? It just felt like, I don't know if the, like the writers were trying to do something by being like, maybe, maybe she could come back. Maybe she could come back. But like, I, I thought don't know. She was going to come back at the, you know, she would have been at the funeral. I don't care what anyone yeah, said. She would have been, yeah. been at that funeral. Sent That's flowers. She no. So the thing flight. for me was, I thought the knock at the door when it was the ashes, I thought that was going to be Samantha. No, no she's not in the no, season her, at all. Her like the real Samantha, like it is not agreeing to be on the show. Like because her and Sarah Jessica Parker have beef. Really? In yeah. real life, Ooh, which is, is some why, yes, they have serious beef about with each what? other. About pay, pay. And then also just like the fame of like, oh, you know, she was the only actress getting naked. Like Kim Cattrall was the only girl that was like actually showing her titties. She was the and sex. Then, yeah. She was the sex. Was and the then sex. slowly people, but people got people related on. to her the most, which is so interesting. But you act like that ever affects actresses' right. egos. Like yeah. they don't give a fuck <laughs> if they're the main character. Like, you know, right. if you think about it, like Terrence Howard could be like, you know, the fucking Don Cheadle in the Marvel right. world, but he had to be wiling out on the fucking set of Iron Man. And they were like, you could be easily replaced, bro. So like, yes, no, ego has nothing to do with it. But like Kim Cattrall and SJP definitely had some beef like mm. off the set and then basically I feel like you know I feel really bad for like you know Miranda and Charlotte the actresses in real life that like had to kind of like choose the sides and right. in the middle they and they the obviously paycheck, honey. I mean I, and I respect the check <laughs> I but I just also just feel like it just I, I, I think the show with, like, without her though I think the comedic relief in the show was kind of drained out I think she added terrible, I think she right? added the lightness she the did. fun the like she would always say something inappropriate and quirky and sexy yes. and she was always doing something outlandish but then this was very like satire yeah these two and <laughs> then they're trying to make the comedic relief be Stanford and it doesn't work yeah. and Stanford it looks so bitch I don't like right. what they're doing with Stanford character which he passed away which is crazy in In real real life life. oh really yeah Yeah. so I like I like that him and Anthony don't have the best marriage and it's like really kind of funny and tongue in cheeky but like the only comedic relief that was in the show but then they're talking about he's at a funeral talking about yeah I need to be her I don't know the way that they're treating Stanford I'm like that's not my Stanny like I'm that's not season six Stanny like that's weird I I don't know I just like but I uh, but I I do like the way that they kind of like wrote uh, Samantha's character not being there like I feel like the, I, I don't know for me yes. I went in there thinking like really low expectations like oh they're just gonna kind of ignore it but I think Rose you're giving me a dirty look I think they did a good job of I how, think they did too I think like, the, 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 the they only, showed emotions the about it the only thing better that they could have done is had her in the show which she wasn't going to be in anyway right how would you have written it I would have killed her off because <laughs> no, because now, what if here's she decides the thing, to change dies, her mind? But here's dies. the thing. Here's the thing, though. I would have killed off Samantha only because you're just the heart wrenchingness of the fans being like, "That's not the Samantha we know." Samantha would have gotten right. a overnight flight. The way that they've built her up over the fucking seven years that this show was on the air, Samantha would have gotten on a flight, mm. would have flown to fucking New York to be there for her best friend, who was the maid of honor. Samantha was anti-marriage and agreed to be the maid of fucking honor at her wedding with yeah. big and when big and uh big left uh, carrie at the altar fucking samantha was on the phone 
around being like, she bitch, was, we're all going right. to Cabo. We're all going to Mexico mm, City. Like, right. Samantha was like the one that was like the ground hold. Cold. Like, yeah. when Miranda's mom died and Samantha just couldn't get herself to cry, it was the only moment that Miranda needed is when she watches her from across the church and Samantha starts crying and just says, I'm sorry. And Miranda just holds her chest and she's like, thank you. That's like, and that was like, I just think the way that they built up Samantha's character, it's just so it's, disrespectful it feels, just to have her just be like in London. It, I don't know. It just doesn't feel in London. like my yeah. Samantha. I guess for me, it's because I, I still want it to be like an open-ended thing. Like I'm still rooting for her to come back. So I if they killed does. her off, I would be pissed because I'd be like, wait, no, I would want her to eventually come back. I have a question though. Yeah. What are the negative pe- things people are saying about the show? Because I know you were saying, Steph, that a lot of people, the reviews you're reading, everyone was saying it sucked, but you liked it right. so what were you hearing oh and rose i know you read some as well what were you guys hearing i well, think kind of the whole samantha thing is one yeah, thing mm-hmm. and then also just like people are upset about the whole big situation and like how no one called 911 and also that he died but i just feel like they needed to kill him off why yes. do you feel that way because i i i what i love about it is like I mean, I know that we look at Sex in the City as kind of like this this fantasy world, but I do like that, you know, it's it's in this new show, it's like it feels so much more real because we, you know, during our youth, we're like just going around dating, fucking whatever, and trying to find the love of our lives. And we find that we're happy, but the realistic, like, okay, sorry, I can't even talk right now. But in reality, you know, you're with someone until you break up or someone dies. Mm. And I think it's amazing to kind of show like the end of that relationship and the mm-hmm. realisticness of like the fact that like, yeah, like someone had to die. Yeah. And I agree. And also I think it's really interesting to see like, okay, so you're in your fifties, your husband dies. What do you do after? Mm-hmm. You who know, are we you ne- after? Who are you after? Because most of our lives we're trying to like, especially Carrie trying to chase after this man and you get him, you're happy. And then he goes, what do you do after? Mm-hmm. And I feel like no one ever really talks about that. I think we're always so wrapped up in like, the journey of getting there, but what happens when you do get there and afterwards? Yeah. And I think that's where the drama lies because we already saw the worst drama that big and Carrie could go through, which was the first movie. Right. So like them being together and having like spats and marriage, I don't think would have, that's not the show. It would have been. Yeah. Yeah. The show is all about friendship. Really? I mean, that's the thing I love. And that's the thing I, I, I like the show. Oh my God. My, my bestie neighbor Alyssa is going to hate me for saying that. I really like and just like that because if anything it really highlights how much of a beautiful relationship right. Carrie has with Miranda and Charlotte. Like the yeah. scenes, oh my god, I'm getting teary just thinking about it. But like the scenes of Miranda in bed with her yeah. and, and like curls up to Yeah. I'm sorry, oh god, I can't stand so Charlotte this season. She made me cringe the whole way through. And but honestly, is that not Charlotte though? But 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 the thing is it was almost cringe the point that it was triggering the way she she was acting because okay it, why was I it triggering that. for you it was triggering because the lack of just self-awareness and i don't know if i would be friends with someone that would make that moment about themselves even if it is but that's just me maybe mm-hmm. and carrie right. i think she has the capacity to handle charlotte because she knows her so well right. but at the same time i'm like my husband just died and you're literally, you're not even crying because of this, the sadness of the situation, you're crying but you're you- crying because you felt like it was you who killed him. Mm-hmm. And now I, who's actually the real griever, has to 
console you and convince you that it wasn't that you didn't kill him yeah like and so it was great for me at the um closest to the end of it when carrie started shout like almost screamed like i should have been there yeah you know i think that was the first time that i've that I said, okay, that was the first time I felt like almost justified that, because I think it also annoyed me that Carrie didn't say anything about it. Um, you know, about, about to Charlotte, about, yeah, to Charlotte right. until the, and so I think when she actually screamed that and, but even after that, she was like, it's okay, come in. And I was just like, Charlotte ain't a good friend. I, I agree. I understand where you're coming yeah. from, but I also feel like that's so Charlotte. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it's such her character, but it's like, but she is a good friend. Older. She is a good friend, but I think in this moment, she wasn't being a good friend. And I think that sometimes in friendship, people sometimes slack in certain areas. It yeah. doesn't make them like a bad person. It doesn't make them all around a bad friend. It's just like, she's just having a really she's having a bad friend moment and i right. think that that's real that's the wrong time to have a bad friend moment i'm but you sorry you can't control it though <laughs> yeah sometimes but then every single like literally it was at the funeral then it was um at the no sorry not at the funeral at the funeral home when they went to go and see, see but she had crying. it together at the funeral and she walked the crazy that well the, the drunk secretary home i'm just saying there was moments that she was able to be like oh suck up those baby tears right. but you then know? but then you come to my house and and, and i think to my point, Carrie didn't even invite her to come to that house because she couldn't handle it. Yeah. But then she gets confronted and then she's able to handle it. But she starts crying then too. And then even, even Carrie was like, and look, you're crying right now. Exactly. But didn't they end the scene with them come in the but, house yes, and have the resolution? I totally agree. But to me, Charlotte was just triggering. I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't care for it. <clears throat> I also think because unfortunately within shows and how you have to tell shows there, this season only has 10 episodes and it's 30 minutes. Right. So it's like resolution and conclusion come really fucking close together. And so right. you're kind of like, that's not how it normally would happen. But I also feel like with what was happening with Charlotte too, is I feel like Charlotte has always been the perfectionist and like has always just kind of had this like, I've been kind of jealous of people who are Charlotte where like things happen and they could just be like, okay, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just handle like it, yeah. handle it and brush it off, That's have me. like their <laughs> bawling moments and then just be like, you're right. I made that about myself, but we're still friends. Right. And like Carrie might be still upset, but like Charlotte's naivety is just so pure sometimes mm -hmm. that I get why she allows that to happen. And also case in point, I do think that the reason why Carrie allows Charlotte to have those moments of like Steph was saying a bad friend is there was an entire fucking episode that they had to have an intervention with Carrie to be like, stop talking about big. You have not asked us how we're doing. Mm -hmm. You have right. not checked in with any of us. Right. Bitch, this entire episode, all you've been talking about is you and big, 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 but big, I, big, I do big. think that I do appreciate, I think they're, friendship starts to sprout at the end when they were able to have that real conversation by the elevator yeah right. i think that really showed you know the maturity of their their relationship so that's yeah. when literally it was at the end when i was like okay now this makes sense yeah you know and i will say that i have a friend who doesn't like the show because she thinks that Char charlotte's and miranda's storyline should be switched mm -hmm. she thinks charlotte's the one that would be making the microaggressions and oh, saying for sure things. i, was, we I, I agree this too, now yeah. i 
this is where I disagree because I think Charlotte would say a microaggression and go, someone would be like, that's not right. And she'd be like, okay. And then yeah. just like carry on. Yeah. But oh, it's Miranda. About the race, you're talking about the race yeah. thing? Yeah. Oh, but I think yeah, it's I, really yes, great for Miranda. Especially. I think it's so great for Miranda. I think it's great for Miranda, but I think at one point, my prediction is Charlotte's going to come across the same thing too. Absolutely. And Miranda's probably going to be the white savior for her. Right, exactly. <laughs> for me, that whole, now I didn't know we were moving on to the race thing. That too, that. Yeah, that Let's thing, go. that was triggering for me too. Absolutely. I was yeah. just like, wow. But I was just, It was cringy It was sure. very, very, very cringy. Like, and I think what I have a short, fuse for is just overall self-awareness when people lack self-awareness I think that just triggers me because I feel that I'm such a self-aware person and that I'm always thinking about other people I'm always trying to put myself trying to be objective so when someone isn't like that it doesn't have that that foresight it bothers me Mm -hmm. and so and obviously as a black woman as well I was just like yeah I did appreciate um I, I did have to like talk this through with Seth and stuff, but I think there's just levels of um, black women in that I think because I have was raised in Ghana around all black people, I've been exposed to great black culture. I'm Jamaican. I'm from England. I think there's an identity for me that isn't as um, um, confusing. Uh, uh, no, I'm confusing, but more um, uh, I'm not as traumatized. Mm-hmm. as african-american women are that's right. a privilege i have so i right. have the privilege to be able to have a bit more patience with white people so i would say i'm more like the lawyer um because I, i'm willing to do that because i don't think african women african-american women all they've gone through in the history should have to do what that black lawyer did on she shouldn't show. be teaching she shouldn't have to yeah. explain and she i think she handled it so eloquently um because but I do appreciate at the same time, Miranda did take the initiative to actually go to a class. And right. she actually took the initiative to actually have a black professor. Mm-hmm. And she's not always going to get it right, which is okay. But I'll rather, and even the times when she like spoke up and was trying to be like, she works here and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Obviously, that's annoying. But I was telling Steph, I'd rather a white person say something and it be off-putting than not say anything at all. Right. Because at least when that... That's the first step. That's the most, that's the scariest step is just speaking up. Mm-hmm. Once you do speak up, we can kind of shift you from zero right. to 50, right. you know? But if you just don't have the courage to say anything at all, that's when it becomes just you difficult. Can, you can edit more yeah, than you, you can, can add. Yeah, you can edit because yeah. we don't, I don't expect people to get it right the first time. But after, but then, you know, you have the opportunity for me to explain to you what, I understand what you're trying to do because I do feel like at the core of me, Miranda was just really trying to do the best. She really was. <laughs> she was like, and she's a sick I, white woman like i will say does. i love that this they made it this storyline for her because i feel like i get kind of annoyed sometimes uh when shows really try to be super progressive just to be really just like relevant mm-hmm. and i love how they did this because they're not showing like they did oh, it in an uncomfortable way they d- yeah and also just showing like that she's trying to learn because I think, you know, it'd be different if like, okay, this new show. She now came out with a sudden, Black Lives Matter shirt. I'd right. Be like, we'd be Whoa. like, how do we get here? But I love that they're showing how uncomfortable it is for yeah. white women to like speak up and also learn and, you know, like figure out their privilege. Well, like, I, and think then that, I, think I think they did that so beautifully. As a black woman, obviously it pisses me off, but as a, from being objective, sitting, if I'm, if I was a white woman looking at it, 
it would probably make me feel more comfortable to be able to speak up. And at least I'm being taught the right and the Are wrong way. Are you speaking for white women right I now? I am. <laughs> I'm speaking for the Democrats, the white yeah. women. De- so uh, I do understand why seeing that is going to be like, oh, okay, this is how to do yeah. it properly. Because not all white people have... Uh, you know either either they don't want to because they just don't feel like they have want to put that burden on a black person Mm -hmm. but someone has to teach white women or white people in general how to have those interactions so it's important um i yes and yes and no i don't think anyone needs to nest i don't the teaching part is very interesting right because it's like they should just have the insight, right? Like you should just know better. You should just have common sense in a but lot of situations. Gonna, how would they but know that? That's why I'm trying to get there in that <laughs> sense that like there is a fine line though. Yes. Like I do think in the sense that like Miranda's character is really fascinating in particular right now because there has been this interesting rebound effect. I feel like of what all the protests that happened in June of 2020 and every fucking white person I know reading Robin D'Angelo's book, mm-hmm. uh, White fragility and like all that shit where I'm like, I think it's weird that a white woman wrote a book about how white people should act towards black people and people of color, but she's also guilty of it. It's like a cancer trying to tell you how to like cure cancer. It's a very, that book. I love that they name dropped that book quietly where she was like in white fragility, you're supposed to. And I think that's really interesting, but I also think that's like, the problem yes. is that why when, are you not looking <clears throat> to a black author exactly right. right like there's so many other great books for you to read Literally that i think so are many. less problematic and then also this idea that i think the miranda represents all these women that are very well-intentioned white women but have not had the interactions that are teachable moments right, right? so that's the point that i want to get is that it's they there is Everyone is ignorant of something. Right. It's just so weird when someone is ignorant of race in this day and age. Because yeah. it's like, how have you lived your entire life and not interact with someone who doesn't look like you? Right. Like, it right. just seems so out of it. And I love it for Miranda because I think, like you said, I do think that a lot of white women are going to watch it and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that. I've definitely right. been that white woman that tried right. to stop a Karen in a car parking lot or right. whatever. But then I feel like there comes this moment where it's like, I think some white woman will watch that and be like, that's why I don't even try. Exactly. And that's so, what I told Steph earlier. Um, I think that, yeah, some some white women will probably watch that. And that's why, yeah, I was on the fence with the whole race thing. Because some white people will watch, watch that and like, well, I don't see anything wrong with what she did. <laughs> and look how she reacted. So, because to some people, that's a black woman acting like an angry black woman, even though she wasn't yeah. at all. Which right. is why I think the storyline works better with Miranda than Charlotte. For sure. If it was we'll Charlotte. Crying, and yes. then it will be like, oh, then it's here white goes tears yes. and it's white fragility yes. and it's all that shit. Exactly. And I also then think that people will look at Charlotte and be like, how could you? pick on that little bunny human right she doesn't know better she doesn't know any better versus responsibility yes versus someone like miranda who was like i mean she also is a lawyer yes i was just about to say that who was a lawyer and who was in this i had this like conversation where she's like i was in corporate law and then seeing the muslim ban i was like i can't work for the enemy anymore and it's like great that's the beginning beginning of when you dismantle whiteness (laughs) yes you dismantle like white supremacy and step closer into allyship yeah and 
I thought that was really great and amazing, but like it's the eagerness yeah. that I feel like is really so, important to yeah, watch because yeah. it's cringy. Yeah. It's so cringy. Because it makes people uncomfortable. And I think there's a lot of white people that are gonna watch it and feel really uncomfortable because they're gonna realize I'm, I'm a fucking a Miranda. Yes, and right. that's right. good. So I do right. like that it's where it's going. And I just don't think it would have been fed correctly if it was through a Charlotte point of view, even though Charlotte seems like the obvious choice. But I honestly feel like Charlotte would be like, I have a daughter is a woman of color or something yeah yeah exactly it it makes sense that it's Miranda also I think it's just like not only is it a important conversation but also puts a time stamp you know of where we are now especially where they are in the 90s early Mm -hmm. 2000s like this wasn't a conversation and they weren't coming across stuff like this so it definitely just puts kind of like a time stamp especially when Carrie has a podcast that's a definite time stamp on and comparing it to jury duty I was like okay that's a little too much I know but I mean she sucks at podcasting and I feel like I could teach her a few things but I will say okay I will say I really love the actor who plays Che. Yeah. However, I do feel like Che is just becoming a sounding board that almost seems like, I don't know what the direction of that character was supposed mm. to be because almost they just sound like a Twitter feed, like a very over the top kind of woke. It it just seems too yeah, woke and it seems is, too forced. That part seems, that will say is my little no, is that part does seem slightly forced. Yes. Like, okay, woke moment. And it's just like, no one really says that. I know that we were yes. like throwing on the word just right now but no one really that's not really a respected word to like no and like i i just think it's i don't know the way that it was approached it just seems so forced well do you think because um, this might be a problematic statement i uh, you think they're just trying to check the box and oh, then, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for like, sure. You know, you have, because yeah. you, <laughs> i like what they did with miranda but that part could be slightly just tuned to down everything to me is I think the fact that we can analyze it in this way proves to me that the writers may, it may have just been too forced Mm -hmm. because it's so clearly defined exactly. Okay. This is the back moment. Okay. This is to me, the the non-binary moment. moment. (laughs) Okay. This is the carry moment. And this is the, and it's just, we'll see see what happens with the podcast and all that. Yeah. But I, I I don't understand it. The podcast? I don't understand any of that whole thing. Like, it's almost like... It's bringing the sex journalism to now something that's modern day. Well, I do understand that part, but I don't understand the Shay connection and, you know, the funeral. I think it's because Shay is the new editor from Vogue. Okay. Like, in the sense of how the storylines work and how, like, Carrie is changed. You know what I mean? Because the best thing about... um, And I'm blanking on her name right now, but one of my favorite actresses, actually, character actresses, who plays the editor of Vogue was... Uh, teaching t- uh, Carrie at a really interesting point about old being an older woman mm-hmm. in a very young arena and mentoring Carrie, right. which was such a cool and that relationship's not talked about enough. Like her editor from Vogue That's was true, like yeah. a really dope ass older That's woman yeah, who was like, single, never married, and like really took Carrie under her wing in a very interesting way. And so yeah. I think the Che character is kind of a mentor in a With new world, world. Kind of, that makes in sense. a new world, in yeah, a new I world. Agree. But I do think though what I miss the most about this version is there is no Carrie voiceover except the last line. Mm. The last line right. and is the title. And then what and that we're was talking the whole about, brand really. Yes. Which yeah. is why I think the podcast is cheating that, that I think as the episodes progress, maybe Carrie's podcast voice will come over as a voiceover, but I right. think oh, they're breaking not, away. I think, 
at the same I don't I think they intentionally do not want this to be sex no they yeah, don't they're just it's trying to so make it different. obvious yeah, yeah. so sure. that's why they're like if we do this it's it will if that will coincide so much to they're using the same recipe but doing different ingredients. different ingredients yes yeah. because the main thing that is the same recipe is like what we were talking about like where it's like the black professor moment the woke moment is like that is what the episodes were about it's like fetishes is this episode mm. this episode is about boyfriends that pre-ejaculate like it was like <laughs> everything it was the same kind of format yes yeah. it was the same theme throughout the episode and so now it feels like they're doing that in even tinier bite-sized versions mm-hmm. where it's like now it's smaller versions of of this is the woke moment between Miranda actually being a savior and not a white savior, right, right? Right. And I think that's really interesting that they're at least keeping that thread. But yes, to your and point, I, I think they're avoiding sexism. I do think I do like how they kind of taught. They kind of showed how to not be a white savior and how to be a white right, savior. Exactly. So, and they made it so clear. They're like, okay, white people, this is how you do it and this is how you don't do it. When it's instincts, like, I'll do that for anyone. And that's when it's natural. You hit, you bring your book and you hit someone outside by the head. And right. it was so strange to me that no one else did anything. But that does happen. It yeah. does happen. Um, I, I will say the one moment that I thought was the weirdest, though, is that in her own little way is when Miranda goes off on Che at the funeral. Yeah. That felt just like so weird to me because I was just kind of, I don't know. It just felt so, it just felt forced like where Miranda was. Can we talk about Brady? I know we're at 40 minutes in and I really want to make this less than an hour, but like, can we just talk about the Brady moment? Yes, the we're kids. talking about the kids. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, the funeral where yeah, the, she's like the mama right. there. And I don't understand that because I, you're, you're, you're like your little fucking seventeen year old boy fuck in the house. In the house, but yeah. Now, so well, that, 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 to me, it was just like. So I was like, oh, maybe that's, that's just what I'm saying. Like, where do you draw the fucking line? line? Like, it's so confusing. It's also the whitest storyline ever. <laughs> like, I know so many. My friend, my family would never have so let white. me to. But I have so many friends that have. It are is like, such a white thing. Because they have your kid just fuck and just yes. like but whatever. But the thing is that was strange to me was that was a white moment. But the moment at the end when she saw him smoking and he said something yeah, smart. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. You know when he said something You're smart? You're crazy. Yeah. And then she walked back up to him and she was like, what did you say? I was like, that's a black moment <laughs> that's what was that's why Miranda's the best because sometimes. I was yeah. like my mom first of all it's not even a black moment I would say it's probably a that's a mom that, moment that's a, that's a, I think that's a, my mom would have done like, like, I was gonna say a, a, mom, a moment. mom moment my mom would have pulled my hair and dragged me out of there I was gonna say but that is maternal that was a maternal a fully second. black moment because I wouldn't even have the wherewithal to even say something smart like to how, your mother oh, yeah. like, my mom that, like yeah that. but I feel like Maybe a non-black person or a non-black child will have the balls to say something like that, but then react the same way he did. And I mean, that's like where I feel like the humanity bit was, is that it wasn't a black, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, here you are being like, oh, yeah, I guess it wasn't a black mom moment. It was like a maternal moment. It's just right. like a reaction But then of, I can't say that because where was your maternal moment when your son's having sex in your in your house okay you so that <laughs> i that i understand that i mean that's like what my original point was is that i thought it was weird that she doesn't draw yeah. the line with sex but she does draws the lines with well, drugs yeah. right but i do know of couple friends that are white that have had where they're like oh yeah my parents were okay with my boyfriend sleeping over because they were like their parents being like if you need to have a safe place yeah to have sex at least i know that you're having it in my house you're being responsible you're using protection like there is this like 
open kind of so bohemian right. you know it it is it's like but it's also kind of Frankie. Yeah, <laughs> yes but it also is getting away around the whole puritan factor of don't make it so taboo either because then kids seek the things that you tell them to not and I do love how i was like mom you're not gonna sex shame me i would yeah. die right and it's like it's <laughs> and it's this very oh interesting thing i think oh, maybe it was oh i think <laughs> it was over the top that the headboard was hitting um yeah which by the way i have to say right now i gotta defend my guy steve i don't like that they're making steve like this like old crumpy <laughs> hobbit steve. he's the best i love, I love steve. steve i, I love steve I and i love him. i am team steve he's and i love smith steve. he was Those tender are my boys. but this time he's just de- he was tender before now he's but just now delicate he's which is why he was so perfect for miranda because miranda was such like a bitter a, like right, kind alpha. of like tough alpha and he like really softened you her. know what they're dynamic is Love so it. much like my mom and my stepdad like steve reminds me so much of my stepdad mm. i'm like this is larry <laughs> like <laughs> and like great because larry my, name, mom, my mom is like larry. so aggressively yeah. alpha and then like steve larry just like i'm just gonna let you just be yeah aggressive. and like loves her and like how he just was like if you were in that box i would have lost oh my, my God, shit it, like yeah. there's so many great moments in that and i feel like yeah. they're trying to I also think it would be weird. I, don't, I would also think it would be weird, though, if Miranda was, like, also trying to stop her son from having sex because I also don't feel like that's her, her either. Yeah. She's very hippie. Right. She does have her... Yeah. She is a lawyer, but she and does have both vibes. somebody's got to have sex vibes. on the show because Samantha's not there, so somebody's yeah. got to have sex. Exactly. Brady. I mean, uh, let's be honest. I don't think Charlotte and Harry are having... I love no. Harry, but I don't think he's getting they, any they not soon. Fucking. Yeah, exactly. You don't think so? Oh, no. <laughs> if anything, I maybe like... I, you know, I think that Brady is the only age appropriate person on the show that can, I mean like Lily and Rose are not having sex either right right, right? like and obviously Rose is going through a very interesting tr- like existence you know maybe right. she she's maybe she's a tomboy maybe she's fluid mm, like who yeah. knows but yeah. I will say Shay and Miranda were flirting that was some flirtation that I think might I think something yeah, might there happen. Was, there I, was yeah, a little I bit of. That. I have a I have a theory that there's gonna be a, there, yeah there could be we'll see. I think Shay and also I do okay they got along for a reason. They, they, there's a they, lot. They, they were happening. really highlighting that that relationship yes. a little bit. So there could be some kind of. Yeah. yeah, and also I think there. it's very interesting the way that they're handling uh, the hidden storyline of Miranda's alcoholism. Mm. right because the first episode she goes to a bar and they're like we don't oh, serve until 11 right. and she sits okay. and then she'll yes. like she's like and then she's like oh wait and then she goes to the funeral and is like no but my husband Sorry, my brought the alcohol <laughs> and she's like you know what we don't have enough wine give me the bourbon neat yeah. and then she has two bourbon neats at the funeral i know look the kid of an alcoholic is being like i know the signs <laughs> but i do think that's a very interesting storyline for her that's a, that such is. a good catch that's such a good catch because I didn't catch that. But like, yeah, I think there's a flirtation happening with Shay. I understand. I wonder, I wonder if they will do like a poly or open relationship type. That's of what thing. I'm thinking. Is yeah. I'm thinking that Shay's that going to. I don't. Maybe, maybe though. You got that would okay. Be so forced to me. That's just like. I'm sorry. What about this show hasn't been forced? Been, right. <laughs> but I mean, where do we stop? My Wait, God. I mean, there is a line, but I also feel like it could. It, it could, could happen. And that's my thing with TV. I understand. Or she cheats because he cheated on her. I understand representation. Time. I understand. I understand all of that, obviously. But like. Every show has to have that same blueprint. And I get it because if they don't, then they're going to have a reaction from that particular crowd of Mm -hmm. people. But I'm just like, if it's not true to your story, 
don't add it don't but people yeah. try and check every single box to be everything for everyone and then that's when you get the kind of certain things that are just lost right as the person we'll who see will we'll def- see what happens the next coming episodes and how they play everything out yes because as someone who i feel like i have to defend my industry is screenwriting i yes i completely agree with you but i think a lot of that also has to do with people panic because they hear that representation totally. matters and then what they hear is we don't we're not we don't have enough right. and then they just overdo it to a point where you're like ah this was really unnecessary right. you know what i mean it needs to happen organically because it's like the same way that like you don't need to have every demographic in every story of every show, you right. know? Like, but, and then there's other creative ways that they could do it. If you mm-hmm. have black writers in the room, Asian writers in the room, LGBTQIA writers in the room, they can insert their perspective in an interesting, creative way, but it doesn't have to be so blatant and obvious. I just think... I just, do you want to go talk to the WGA and tell them to start no. hiring diverse rooms? Yeah, I just, want, <laughs> I just want... Because then you won't feel the need to make it so blatant if yeah. these people were actually behind the scenes inserting their 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 thoughts in the storyline. It would, right. And then finding more creative and innovative ways to incorporate them. It doesn't have to be so... Here, there's a black woman... I yeah. Yeah. I, think, I, mean, I think the whole like podcast thing I think is great how they have like a non-binary oh, host perfect. but I think the structure of the show and the it things that they so were saying coarse. and the word is, the, the way that the script was written was yes. like totally off like I'm, they could have kept right. that but just maybe and that not just shows so like to Jess's point like you need diverse writers in the room you don't just need diversity on TV right and yeah. that's like what's happening right now is that a lot of people are like oh my god Hollywood's really like finally catching up and it's like no like that room that writer's room was still very white white and very male and like you know diverse in the sense of like maybe like sexuality and orientation but that only goes so far you know so I think that like what people are seeing is that they're finally they're seeing diversity on screen and that's where I feel like the evil side of Hollywood is like is that not enough for you fucking people and it stops there versus studios being like I mean in the sense of like how people get you know hired is sometimes they're like oh we already have a black writer right what the fuck what what does that even mean that's not fair so it's like you know the industry itself is this is what happens when you have people that are told to put diversity on your screen but not in their rooms right you get this forced Forced feeling and you know and I feel like that the actor who plays Che is super tight and amazing but I almost feel like they phoned it in in a weird way like I've seen them give amazing per like amazing Performances. Uh, performances before and now it just seems like I feel like they're just reading the script and being like <laughs> everyone thinks this is whack right tell like, me is right. she from, where have I seen her was she in I um, think um, Grey's Anatomy oh Grey's, Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy is where I know her from um, okay. and then also oh god what it's Grey's Anatomy show? that I knew I was like I know that face I also if anyone watched Madam Secretary uh, that's how like I love yeah so it's like <laughs> I, I just think it's really interesting that you have this actor that I feel like hopefully felt comfortable enough to say things yeah Yes. But then I also am like, it just seems forced. forced. Is the actor in real life non-binary? I think so. Okay. I believe, I mean, that's why I'm also like I being wonder. mad, careful with the vocabulary. But I believe that uh, che, like that actor is non-binary is they, in real them? life. I believe so. I could okay. be wrong. Because um, they were born as a woman and for a very long time was using she, her pronouns as right. well. When she was in um, Grey's. Yeah, in Grey's. And then even on, what's it called? Even on Madam Secretary, the storyline was that the, 
their pronouns was they, she. So they were okay with like the fluctuation of it. But yeah, but I feel like there is a time and um, I think there's an important place for actors like Shay to feel like they can say things and be... I guess free, but I'm excited to see where the show goes in the sense that like, I, I like the awkwardness of this like wokeness because it is how 60 year old people are reacting to it. Like I do think this show is very authentic to, um, this audience this is this is exactly that is exactly where i would see charlotte that is exactly exactly where i would see miranda it's very authentic to like who they were in sexist city but now it's yeah modernizing and i feel like they almost are having to come back off of that horrific very problematic movie oh yeah when they went to (laughs) india Oh the worst <laughs> one. The worst Saudi movie. Arabia. It's so bad. Oh, it's Saudi, so yeah. painful, and like oh we don't God. talk about that. We don't. We have, I try to block it out. I like I've seen that movie like a million times, but I keep forgetting what it's about. No, it's you. It's the it. first movie, and then it's and just like that, we do not. Talk we don't about talk about the second one. Well, we're running out of time. Oh, okay. So sorry. in conclusion, we're gonna do this every week. So yes. we'll talk about it. We'll do this over Zoom. Just come over every new episode. We'll probably release this every. I'll figure it out. Yeah, y'all just stay tuned. Yeah, every week it's going to be coming out. Uh, And let us know your thoughts. DM us and let us know what your thoughts are on and just like that. But so far, I'm loving it. So far, I am a fan, and we'll see where where it goes because I could change my mind. But I've so far really am loving the first two episodes. I'm excited to see what happens. But we'll see how we feel later. How about you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's still (laughs) it's pending for me. There's a lot of white people on the show. And so it's pending. There's always been hella white people on that show. That's (laughs) the one thing I find mad consistent about that show is like hella white people. people. Yeah, but I do appreciate the show for what it is. So we'll see. I I enjoy it. I do like it. I like, I just, yeah, I just don't think it's Sex in the City and I'm enjoying this new show that's very weird. Yeah. I'm curious to see like what happens. And I'll, I feel like I'll have a better opinion later of how I I might come back next week and be like, Fuck like this show. I know. I might as well, too. I mean, knowing sometimes how that show goes, right. I might not like it. But if anything, I'm going to tune in for the fashion. And if anything... Oh, for sure. The fashion, anything, 100%. It will we didn't be, even talk about that. The fashion was great. If anything, it'll just better. be a good thing to talk about. Yeah. It's a great thing to talk it's about. It's a great conversation. And the fact that we're doing this podcast shows that someone over there knows what they're doing. Oh, yeah. yeah I think they're very smart over at the like entire Sex and the City camp or whatever. But yes, the yeah. fashion... Oh my god! The we'll best talk about it in the next episode. We'll talk about the fashion. All right, plug yourselves, bitches. Jessica Clark, J dot Clark, C L A R K E underscore on Instagram. Rose underscore Etta Stone, Etta with two T's. And then follow me, Stephanie Megan, over to brokeoutherapy.com. All that shit is there. So stay tuned for our next bonus episode next week. Fuck Peloton. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Bye Peloton. Justice for Peloton. Lives Matter. <laughs> you said that. You said that, not us. Not us. We didn't say that. Okay. Justice for big. Alright, bye guys. Broke girl therapy. Broke broke girl girl therapy. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with calm conductor Birdie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. 
Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.